0: Welcome to the City Church Symbol Podcast, Raising the Standard, and the Standard is Jesus. Daniel chapter 3, and I'd like to entitle this message for those of you who are taking notes, The Fourth Man in the Fire. And in Daniel chapter 3, little context to this, the Israelite, the Hebrews were once slaves, God freed them. They've journeyed through the Red Sea and the wilderness, eventually settling down in the land of Canaan, establishing the kingdom, uh, the nation right there. And then they became a flourishing, successful nation. But then they kept compromising by serving other gods. Warnings of prophets came, which they ignored. And eventually, uh, two empires came, the Assyrian Empire, and then followed by the Babylonian Empire, and now they're back to slavery again. After destroying Jerusalem, killing most of its people, they carted away just the choice nobility, the young, young, well-trained, educated people, and they trained them to be servants to the king of Babylon. Are you keeping up? Hello? For a little bit of context, this is what they were looking for. Daniel chapter 1, sir. Uh, The king, Nebuchadnezzar, instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel with some of the king's descendants. In other words, get some of the royalty and some of the nobles. And this is what was the requirement who they would spare and bring to Babylon. Young men in whom there was no blemish. So I want you to picture this. The Babylonian invading army were instructed... Don't kill the young men that have no blemish. The ones with pimples, just kill them. All right? Because the ones with pimples can't serve at the king's house. And so kill the men that have, um, what do you call it, no blemish. Spare everyone that's from new skin. It's in another version of a Bible. But then it says, but the good looking... So the ugly ones were killed. Come on. Are you still alive? Based on this? The good looking ones, you spare them. The gifted in all wisdom. Bright. If the IQ is a little bit low, you know. Six times seven. Uh, uh And then it says there gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge quick to understand. So these were the sharp ones. The slow ones, excuse me, you don't want to marry somebody slow. Dad, where are we going to eat after church? Loading, loading. Kill that one as well in this passage. You want the sharp ones, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, you know, and who had ability you could ask them and to serve at the king's palace. So if this, the king wanted to say, because they didn't have Wikipedia or Google at the time, the king was: "What's the capital of Norway?" The servant should be able to answer right away. Sultan Kudarat. None of that. And so those were the qualifications. And among these uh, were the children were Daniel and his friends. Everybody knows Daniel's three friends. Come on, Larry, Moe, and Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, which were, was now their Babylonian names. Daniel was given a Babylonian name. But the beautiful thing about Daniel is he retained his Hebrew name, even though everybody else's names were changed to a Babylonian name. All right? Like, like my real name, my name's Job, but my real name... Justino. <laughs> Named after my father. So when I had a son, I decided, no, let's not carry that. I've been bullied enough. Let's make sure my son doesn't get bullied. So his name is Justin. How about that, huh? So at least he can go like this now. Because um, Justino does sound ancient. That goes with Procopio, Pro- you know, Epifanio. Agapita, etc. And so the context is these are now the young men. And now that they've settled and they excelled over the others, the passage that I'm reading from verse 8 goes like this. Therefore, at that time, the Chaldeans came forward and accused the Jews. And remember, the Jews was a label that was given by the enemy of the Hebrews. They didn't. The Jews never really call themselves Jews. They spoke and said to, the, to King Nebuchadnezzar, O king, live forever. It's kind of sip-sip. And then it goes on, You, O king, have made a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, in symphony with all kinds of music shall fall down and worship the gold image. And whoever does not w- fall down And worship shall be cast into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And so these Chaldeans made a report that there are certain Jews whom you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men, O king, have not paid due regard to you. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold image which you have set up. The response of the king was, Then Nebuchadnezzar. Everybody say Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, come on. Try it. Nebuchadnezzar. Say, if you say it five times in succession real fast, it'll sound like you're baptized in the spirit with speaking in tongues. Come on. Nebuchadnezzar. Can you say Nebuchadnezzar? Oh, lazy. But... Nebuchadnezzar then, in rage and in fury, gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? You notice it's always in that order. And if you're Abednego, you'd probably feel bad. How come I'm always last? Is it true that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up? Now, if you are ready at the time you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the harp, the lyre, and the psaltery in symphony with all kinds of music, and you fall down and worship the image which I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this manner. Can you imagine saying that to an angry king? When the angry king says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true? And and you answer, O king Nebuchadnezzar, he says... That in that case, Shadrach, Meshach said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. In verse 17, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship a gold image which you have set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. Now of course he was in fury already, but now he's full of fury. Have you ever been full of fury? Okay, you're not married yet. Have you ever been have you ever seen your spouse full of fury? Come on, give me your fury face. That's too sweet. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury, and the expression of his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abed. Can we just say SMA? (laughs) He spoke and commanded, and the heat that they heat the furnace, seven times more than it was usually heated. And he commanded the mighty men of valor, and were in the army to bind SMA, and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace, these... Then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast into the midst of a burning furnace. And therefore, because of the king's command, because the king's command was urgent, the furnace being exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, slash SMA. All these three men... S-M-A, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace. And here's the amazing part. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And as he rose in haste, he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three bound men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Give me an answer of what, who do you think this, the one that looks like the Son of God is. Jesus. Amen. See, so you understand this. We're titling this message, The Fourth Man in the Fire. Are you with us? Last week we talked about enduring hardships. Enduring hardship. And as a Christian... There's a concept in a lot of Christians thinking that if you're now a Christian, life is going to be sweet and good, and the garden will be full of daffodils. First of all, we don't have daffodils in the Philippines. Amen? In other words, the concept of thinking, once I'm a Christian, it's going to be so nice, it's not true. The whole thing about being a Christian and prospering, it is true that you receive abundant life, but it's not true that everything's going to be sweet ever since you give gave your life to Jesus. In fact, the the moment you stand up and say, I am for Jesus, the kingdom of darkness now puts a mark on your back to say, okay, we're against this person. And A lot of people think, wow, that's pretty scary to have all hell break loose upon you. And we want to submit to you today that it's better to have all hell to come against you, but God is on your side, than have God against you and if God be for you, who can be against you? Because if you've got heaven coming against you, you are in big trouble. Amen? So, therefore, since trouble is gonna happen and hardship's gonna happen anyway, be a Christian. It's slow, but getting there. Do you want to wait till everybody catches up and it loads? No. And so, we've got this passage wherein when christians think you know as a christian it's going to be good no no it's it's going to be just as hard just as challenging but the beautiful thing is jesus is with you and if jesus is with you hey you got a great chance to overcome amen but that doesn't mean things are not going to be tough things are going to be easy no you if you want to be a disciple of jesus jesus said himself, you have to pick up your deny yourself pick up the cross And follow me. And how many of you know that's hard to do? I am preaching a lot stronger than you are saying, Amen. See, Amen. I have to force it out of you today. You're on summer vacation. What are you doing sitting down there? And so I want to talk to you about this fourth man in the fire. The passage is real simple. The king builds an idol, basically. And every time the music sounds, everybody's supposed to bow down. But these three men decided, no, we're not going to bow down. The only God we are going to bow down to is the God that we serve, the great I am. Amen. And so as that sound went out, everybody bowed. And guess what? These three did not bow. Because of that, they were marked for execution. Now, there's certain religions and certain uh, have practices that at a certain time when the bell rings, everybody bows down. Have you seen like that? Like, like in this country, six o'clock, the angelus, when that gong goes, everybody's supposed to be still and praying. Yes. And maybe you don't believe in that, but in respect to others, you want to be still as well. Amen. And I don't mean you're, you're walking in the mall and dong, dong, and you all of a sudden go. And then after the prayer's done, you start moving again. It's not like that, because you offend the people. So the people got offended, and they went to the king and said, Did you not say that whoever does not bow down will be immediately thrown into the fiery furnace? And the king said, Yes. Well, there are these three men that are Hebrews, these Jews. They would not bow down. And so he immediately had them called. He interviews them. And you would think when a king calls you, because a king holds your life in his hands and confronts them, you would think they would kind of sheepishly bow down. He says, is it true, the report that I'm hearing that you won't bow down? And they, of course they answered, we will never bow down to any other God, not the God that you made, because we will only bow down to our God. Now, that is a commitment that is even rare today. Yes. And so because of that result, uh, it resulted in them being thrown into the fiery furnace. In his rage, he said, turn up the heat, you know, make it seven times stronger. So now I want you to see a raging furnace. You know what a furnace is? Okay, at least nod your head pathetically just once. At least I know. You, you do. All right. And so it's so hot, they bound up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. That, that's the name of three people, by the way. They bound them up, and as they were bringing them, thro- to throw them into the furnace, it was so hot that the strong men bringing the three died because of the heat. So if you're one of the three, like, the guy's bringing you, is like, drop dead. Like, wow, it's... That's hot. But these three were so cool about the whole thing. Nevertheless, they got thrown into the fire. To make the long story longer, what actually happened there is they're, they're standing in the fire, and, and, and the rope that bound them was burned, but they were not. And the king looks into that and said, hey, didn't we throw people in, three people in the fire? Yeah, because Abednego is not two people. All right. So it's, did we not throw three people? How come I see four? And the fourth man with them, he said, looks like the son of God. Okay. And so he calls them out and, and they come out unburned, unharmed. And it even said that their clothes didn't smell like it was in the fire. Their hair wasn't burned. I can do that. But the rest, who knows? Okay. And so the amazing thing is he now declares, the king now declares, that from now on there will be no other gods that we will bow to in Babylon except for the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You got the whole story. We read it and now we narrated it to you. So if you didn't listen at all twice, go home. And so I want to talk to you about this fourth man because I believe as a church, Christians, the children of God, should always shine excellently above others. We told you before how if you went to Europe, the best cathedrals, the best architecture uh, were Christians. The best buildings were the houses of God. Are you with me? Yeah. If you went back in, in the height of Christianity in Europe, the best musicians were used by the church. The best singers were for the church. The artisans, the architects, the engineers everybody, it had to be the best was for the church. The highest building or in any town or in any city had to be the church. If there was another building taller, then the church would build a steeple, put a cross. The cross had to be the highest point of every city. Pretty good? It's declined since then. Europe is no longer as Christian as we would like it to be. And then Other nations began to have a move of God. In the Philippines, we want to make sure that it's not just the building that is the highest point. We want to make sure that the real children of God, that's the Christian, that's you, lives a life in such a manner that convinces others your life is better than theirs. Can you agree that ever since you became a Christian, your life is better? Can you agree you still have struggles? Okay. And yet, Jesus sees you through them. In fact, you could be sitting right now, and you're struggling through some things, but you have someone you can call upon. And whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Keeping up? The fiery furnace. They were thrown into this furnace, and of course, that was their execution. Have you ever been in a fiery furnace? Of course not. I don't know if you've ever burnt yourself. You ever taken hot chocolate? And, and, and it, it's, it's dangerous because it can sit there and there's going to be a film on top where the chocolate coagulates. It's not blood, it's chocolate. Okay? And it kind of seals the heat within. And if I don't know if you've ever drank really hot chocolate. Like, You ever swallowed it? You actually know where your esophagus goes, right? You can feel it all the way down to here. It's like, whoa, that is hot. This is not heat coming in you, this is being you throwing into into the flames. The fiery furnace. You ever been in a fiery furnace financially? Maritally? I think every married couple goes through a fiery furnace. Just don't make it every day, okay? You ever been in a fiery furnace of temptation wherein it's going to burn you up? It's going to destroy you, and unless you have the fourth man walking in the fire with you, you have no chance. Have you ever seen somebody spiritually in a fiery furnace where they're just drying up already? You can tell recharge was two weeks ago, but you can tell they're already dried up and crumpled because they did not maintain a new habit. Have you ever been in a, a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship that was a fiery furnace? Have you ever been in the secret sin of a fiery furnace? In other words, you can take every analogy of that for your personal life, and you might right now be sitting in the midst of a fiery furnace of something that may have happened in the, in the past, but you're still being baked, toasted, and roasted in it right now. Amen. Yes, we're talking about the fiery furnace because if you can look at it as an analogy, there are many areas of our lives where you can be in a church that is a fiery furnace. You can be in business that is in a fiery furnace. You choose what that's going to be. But the, the thing that goes on is in this case, they didn't go into the fiery furnace. They were thrown into it. In other words, sometimes the things you're going through wasn't done by you. It was somebody stronger than you that threw you into your pain or your hurt or whatever it is, and it's been a slow-cooking furnace for you all these years until you get out of it. And what happened with these three, they were expected to be killed. The ropes that bound them, it was the fiery furnace that actually set them free. And many times when you're walking with God, the thing that the enemy chooses to bind you with, to destroy you with, can actually be the thing that God will use to set you free from these things. And for example, you're you're a very impatient person and sometimes the fiery furnace of impatience will actually be used by God to set you free from being impatient by just making you wait longer. Are are you keeping up? But the Christian notion's always this, (laughs) Dili kristyanta protectahanta stanan. We'll always be covered. God will set us free. Here's the reality of life. Some people get burned up, and some people escape. In other words, in your situation, there will be times, for example, my brother, struggling and fighting cancer. We were with him. We prayed with him. But he didn't get healed of cancer. He died of cancer. And when we think of that perspective, perspective and say where is God when we needed him how come my brother who was praising God till his dying breaths how come God didn't heal him have you ever questioned God on that you ever met people angry at God how dare you Lord I always pay my tithes I always lift up my hands and sing where were you when I needed you there are people that have actually left the faith because they got angry at God suggestion Not a good idea to get angry at God. Amen? Not even a good idea to argue with God. You will lose. Amen? But when we look at it from an earthly perspective, as my brother battled cancer and eventually died of cancer, in the natural, it looked like, oh no, we lost the battle. But if you view it from the spiritual realm of God, it's looked at by the angels and say, wow, this person kept praising God till his dying breaths. That phrase in Psalm 1 that says, At all times I will bless him. His praise will continually be in my mouth. He survived the struggle. He died of cancer, but he entered into heaven. And we were confronted as a family at the T of the road. Would you prefer the healing of his body or would you prefer heaven? Heaven. And of course, the better answer is heaven. So when we look at it on an earthly basis, we're trying to say, oh, we lost because he died. But from God's perspective, hey, he won because he did not give up on his faith. And so whatever fiery furnace you are going through or you will go through in life, stay close to the fourth man in the fire. Are you keeping up with me? Here's what happens in verse... 24, for example, 324. The king Nebuchadnezzar was astonished and he rose in haste and spoke to the counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered, Yes, O king. Look, I see four. These four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. When was the last time you astonished a king? And you might be sitting there saying, I've never met a king you know every person who is the ruler of his own life, who has not made Jesus Christ his Lord, is a king in his own life? I don't know about you, but I wonder if you and I could live through our furnace where our office mates, our classmates, our neighbors, our relatives, our family can actually see, wow, he's going through a real tough time, but it's amazing how he can still praise God. I wonder if we can astonish astonish our friends and the people around us and say, wow, he should be screaming by now. it be fantastic if you just threw these three men in the furnace and as you threw them in, it just, pfft, pfft, pfft. all three of them, just like that. Watch how people writhe in the pain of the fire. I don't know if you've ever seen people that are just writhing in their struggles in life and instead of praising God, they're complaining. You see, these three men would never bow down to other gods. The whole reason why they're in the fire is, no, we're not going to bow down to another god. The god of this world is a god we will never bow down to. So I want you in the month of May to just look at your Facebook profile pictures and ask yourself, does this pass for my god? I wonder if we could actually randomly Take all the friends of City Church, and on a given Sunday, put your profile picture as a background to the lyrics. I will worship you. I mean, I pray that you would clean up and say, because there are some pictures there that are not bowing down to the real God. It's the God of this world that a lot of people, the God of self, are actually bowing down to. Let's make May a cleanup month. Can you do that? Come on, talk to me. Did you did you feel the guilt just hover for a while before it left? Guilty. So everybody's, don't do it now. Don't do it now. Because the person behind you is looking at your phone. And so these three men were in the fire. And the amazing miracle is they did not burn and die. But the truth in real life is sometimes you do burn and die. And sometimes a miracle happens and you don't. Sometimes he gets you out of your financial situation. And sometimes you live through the pain of it. But his goal is not to set you free alone. His goal is to make you more like Jesus. Like we said before, character over answered prayers. Amen. Amen. And so my brother went through his fiery furnace. The final battle, victory, is death. He overcame it. We looked. We were sad. But another part of us was celebrating that he's alive forevermore. Keeping up? Okay. And so these three men in the fiery furnace, I don't know what your fiery furnace is, but the beautiful thing is this. In verse 25, Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, And they were not hurt. And a form of the fourth is like the Son of God. I love to see that. That whenever you go through something tough, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, David said, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. See, the difference with a Christian, from a non-Christian, we all go through our trials, we all go through our struggles. But the beautiful thing is, as a Christian, you've got Jesus with you. If you don't let go of the faith In other words, while you're in it, don't bow down to another God because it's hot. If you're believing God for, a, for healing and it's not happening, faith faith healer, kind of thing, get yourself healed. Panigoro, keep trusting in God, and if it doesn't heal you, you go to heaven. Paul said it this way: "For me to live as Christ." To die is gain. Amen. Job's wife, when he was full of boils, said, Why don't you just curse God and die? And Job said, No. Even though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Fantastic commitments of people in the Bible. When you read that, these aren't just random stories that were placed in the Bible, they are stories to inspire us that there is a God who sets free sets us free. But then there's a fourth man in the fire. Look at that verse again. Look, he says, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And I wonder if through your trial, can you still hold on to Jesus and bring his presence? I see four men walking in the fire. That's the three plus Jesus. And if it's two men that were thrown in, it's two plus Jesus. If it's just you all alone, it's you plus Jesus. If it's five of you, then it's five of you plus Jesus. Now pray that when people see you going through tough stuff, they can actually see Jesus with you in your trials. They should be able to say, and yet, He can still praise God. There's just a peace about him. I love how this goes in verse 25. Look, he answered, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. Now, I want to tell you, if I was bound and thrown in the fire and I got loose, I'm getting out of the fire. Hello? I don't think I'm bound and they throw me in the fire and then the ropes burn and I'm free. I don't think I'll hang around for a while. It's an amazing phrase. I mean, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. What are you doing in the fiery furnace? There are three of them, and then there's Jesus, and they're walking around. This is cool. It's kind of hot, but it's cool. I mean, talking. They're having this little Bible study of a cell group in the midst of a fiery furnace. Can you imagine... You going through your trial, but if Jesus is with you, you can take a walk with him in it. You're not crying. You're not worried. You're not saying, wow, I'm free. Let's get out of here. No, they stayed in their situation. Because the beauty is when you're going through rough stuff, but Jesus is with you, there's still peace that surpasses all understanding. that somehow, hey, I'm not in a rush to get out. This is Okay. They're supposed to burn, but they don't. The amazing thing is they're walking around. I'm reading that, and it's like, this is crazy. I would get out right away. Would you? No? You like it there too? And so Nebuchadnezzar, in verse 26, went near the mouth of the burning fiery furnace and spoke, saying, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Servants of the Most High God, come out and come here. He's like, Gawasna. It's like, get out of there. It's like, ah, you wanna come join us? He asked them to come out because he's wondering why they're still in there. They're walking around in the midst of this burning, fiery furnace. And I wonder if you can display, as a Christian, such peace that surpasses all understanding. No anxiety at all because you've given your requests with supplication made known unto God. And a certain peace that surpasses all understanding now guards your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Have you ever known the peace of God before the answer even came? You ever known the peace of God even though you don't see the answer yet? It's like, Lord, 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 time's running out. And then the peace just comes upon you because an answer comes, hang in there. He's coming. Ah. And your friends say, okay, he's coming. The assurance is there. Where is he? I don't know, but I have the assurance. See, they had this peace and they were walking in the midst of the fire. They weren't in a rush to get out. Nebuchadnezzar says, "Come out." And so they come out and the declaration after that in verse 27 and the satraps and administrators, governors and the king's counselors gathered together and they saw these men on on whose bodies The fire had no power. The hair of their head was not singed, nor were their garments affected, and the smell of fire was not on them. Now, I don't suggest you go try and smell fire. But Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, who sent his angel and delivered his servants, who trusted in him. And they have frustrated the king's word and yielded their bodies that they would not, should not serve and worship any other god except their own God. I wonder if we could ever find Christians who through the trials of life will not bow down to serve another God. The result of having survived their trial went like this. In verse 29, Therefore the king said, I make a decree that any people, nation, and language which speaks anything amiss against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made an ash heap because there is no other God who can deliver like this. And then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Promotion comes for those who remain faithful. Amen. Whether on this earth you get promoted or whether God says, come up to heaven with me. I'll promote you and let you sit, sit with me in heavenly places. Either way, if you hold on to Jesus, you win. Amen. But you see, there was no evidence that they went through the fire. The smell wasn't there. None of their clothes were burned. And there was no singeing of their hair. And I don't know if you've ever met a Christian who has been burned of an experience in the past, and you can actually see in their personality or attitude, ooh, this person's got some issues because of what happened in the past. And I want to tell you, it doesn't glorify God. Go back to Jesus, hold on to Him, and He can take all the scars of all the pain, of all the burning, of all the hurtful experiences in the past, and He can set you free and promote you. Promotion is you coming up to another level. Today, what we want to make sure is we don't fall into the trap of the kind of Christianity that says, you know what, you're going through hard stuff. Oh, God will set you free from that. You know, sometimes the martyrs that prayed for their deliverance so that their heads would not get chopped off, they got their heads chopped off. Some got free, some did not. The Christians in the early times who prayed, they would not be thrown into, into an arena where there are roaring hungry lions. Some of them, no matter how committed they were and they prayed in their faith, remained faithful till they got torn up by the lions. The point being, God is not just looking for people who are believers. He wants people who will stay faithful to the end. Whether the end means you get defeated on earth or not. In other words, stay faithful to the faith. Now, for some people, the fiery furnace might be not so vicious. It's, such like, it's like a, a boring, dried-up Christianity. You know? And some people, instead of looking for a better church, they just leave church and never try church again. They got burned in a church and they're done with the whole Christian deal. And that is sad because when you give up on Jesus because some Christians have hurt you in the past, you will never know the experience of having a fourth man in the fire. You're sitting there today and, and perhaps you're going through some tough stuff. And it's hard to be strong when the music is so soothing. And sometimes as you go through your hard stuff, real simple, don't ever let go of Jesus. You're asking for an answer. You're asking for the healing. You're asking for your deliverance from a situation. You might be sitting there. Lord, I didn't do this. Somebody stronger than me threw me in. I shouldn't be in here. You can get bitter and hateful and unforgiving. But I'm sure if you stay like that, the fire will burn you. But if in the midst of the fire, you say, God, I forgive those who threw me in. then let them go. I want these ropes that bind me. They bound me. They threw me in. I want you to use this circumstance that I find myself in because of them to be the very reason why you can set me free. And in the midst of the fire, I can walk free if I always hang on to the Jesus, the fourth man in my fire. You see, some people in the furnace of a burning, fiery furnace of their marriage, they decided, I'm just going to quit this whole thing. I can't stand it anymore. Let's pack up and let's all go home. You go home to your parents, I'll go home to mine. Or let's start another relationship with somebody else all over again. The commitment is too short. Why is this important? Because in the generation you live in right now, you and I live in right now, commitment doesn't really go very far these days. As soon as it's tough and rough, people just avoid the pain and they start somewhere else. We're teaching you for the past two Sundays, hang in there. But if you're going to hang in there, make sure you're holding on to Jesus. Because if you're just hanging in there for hanging in there, You're going to get roasted and toasted. Well done in the wrong way.